Blog Talk Radio. Hey, sports fans, welcome to another episode of WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle. With Tom Pollan and Hunter Hodes, I'm Dave Holcomb, back in the host chair. It's week 17 in the NFL, that means no more Thursday night football, no Monday night football, no Saturday football. We've got 16 games Sunday afternoon. There isn't even Sunday night football this week, which we could talk about, but uh, seven games at 1 o'clock. Eastern time, nine games in the 4 o'clock window on uh, the East Coast. So I'm really excited for it. Uh, we don't have a ton of open playoff spots. Nine of them, uh, nine of the 12 have been locked up. Seven division titles have already been decided. I think that's partially why we're not getting a Sunday night game. But uh, still quite a bit to play for. Three wild card spots available. The NFC South still has to be decided. Uh, so uh, it should be an exciting final weekend of the regular season in the NFL. We'll get to that. Uh, and our last full Nasha Thomas predicts on the show. Of course, the end of the season means Black Monday is upon us two days from now. Uh, a special Black Monday this year it, coming up on New Year's Day where uh, the NFL teams that don't make the playoffs will be firing their coaches. We will have a special Real Deal or Overreaction segment in honor of Black Monday coming up. Uh, and of course, uh, well, not of course, we, we spent a lot of time on the NFL the last couple of weeks, so we wanted to have uh, a little NHL discussion, not a ton going on in baseball right now, so we're going to look to the Blackhawks and Penguins, two struggling teams. These two teams have been compared a lot over the last decade for their excellence, and right now they can be compared because they're both in ninth or 10th place in uh, the Eastern and Western Conferences. So uh, what can they do to get back into the playoff race? We'll have that coming up in a little bit as well. But I'll welcome on my co-host now, Tom, out in Chicago. Had some trouble with his electricity this morning, but we're happy that you're here, Tom. How are you doing today? Hey, Dave, I'm doing all right. Boy, a little bit relieved because uh, out of power for about an hour, and it was starting to get a little chilly in the house, and and I was wondering how cold it was actually going to get before I got my power back. But, yeah, finally everything clicked back on. Yeah, we're happy you can be here, obviously. More happy that you have heat because that would yeah. not be fun. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm thrilled about it. My cats are thrilled about it. Yes, we do have heat. That's good. That's good. And my other co-host, he's... Working remotely this week, he's in Pittsburgh for the game. He's let us know uh, repeatedly over the last few weeks. I think he's rubbing it in that he gets to go, that he gets to go to the game this weekend. Hunter, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a winter wonderland today. It snowed about three inches here last night, so uh, it, it looks beautiful out. But uh, <clears throat> yep, I get to watch Landry Jones this weekend, guys. So that's going to be a blast. Yeah. Yeah. No love on Bell either. Nope. So, so does it that does that take away from the the excitement, or are you still are you still happy to be going to the game? Uh, I'm a little happy, but um, it's supposed to be like 15 degrees, so uh, 
sorry. Um, but yeah, so it's it's going to be really cold. So well, you do get really to watch the shot. You do get to watch uh, Kaiser play quite. Yeah, him or Landry Jones. I wonder which one would be uh, better to watch. I'll probably go with Landry Jones. <laughs> yeah, interception watch in Pittsburgh on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Hunter, what did you expect? It's Pittsburgh on New Year's Eve. Uh, were you expecting uh, a balmy 70 degrees? I was expecting almost single-digit temperatures. <laughs> well, you, you got to embrace it. Got to You got to love it. You got to love it. I, I will say you got to get your hot chocolate early because sometimes they run out. I've been to a game in December two years ago, and they ran out of hot chocolate by halftime. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to try to do that. <laughs> you know, Hunter, try being in Soldier Field in January when the wind is coming off the lake. You got single oh, digits, single digit temperatures and the wind coming off the lake. That is no, that, that's no a special thanks, kind of cold. No, thanks. <laughs> Come on, it's football. It you, got, you got to embrace it, man. You got to embrace it. I would, not, I would not make it through that game. <laughs> okay. I tell you, Dave, our youth of today. I'm not sure. You know, I don't know what's going on. I uh, know, I know. I don't think I'm part of the youth anymore. What's that? I just said I don't know if I'm part of the youth anymore. I think I'm. I'm, I'm getting closer to you're your borderline. Bracket. Yeah, you, I'm you're borderline. Getting, you're reaching that borderline age. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Well, if there's listeners out there that are going to games this weekend, tomorrow, uh, and you're preparing to get through cold weather, or maybe you're going to a game in Jacksonville, and uh, well, there is no game in Jacksonville, but is there a game? Is there a game in Miami? Yeah, there is. Miami. Yeah, yes, uh, there is. So maybe maybe you're uh, preparing for the warm weather in Miami. Give us a call. Let us know what your Week 17 NFL plans are. Five one six three eight seven one four one seven. Uh, you can also tweet at us at WKD Sports Huddle. Today's show is brought to you by author Marcos Accio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosaccio.com. Today's show, we're going to start with the biggest, seems like the biggest story. I, I, I don't feel like it should be, but it's been talked about a lot this week. It really, it really shouldn't be, Dave. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I don't know why it's gained this much attention, but it really should not be the biggest story. Well, we can talk about that during our discussion, and um, I have some theories why it's gained some steam. But we're going to start talking about the Steelers, Steelers outside linebacker James Harrison, former Steelers outside linebacker, which is just tough to say, uh, was released last week. Uh, if you did not see, shortly after our show last week, guys, uh, the 39-year-old was released and it took him three days to get up to Foxborough, meet with the Patriots, and sign there. Um, and he's just remained in the news cycle for the NFL ever since. Uh, this is uh, first. The, the news was about how the Steelers mistreated him, didn't fulfill his promises that they made for his amount of playing time. Uh, Harrison made it very clear a few weeks ago how upset he was about how he wasn't playing, um, and. There was a lot of talk about how the Patriots were landing a linebacker that could help them with intel on a, a team that they could be facing in the AFC Championship game. Um, obviously, there was a lot of hate from Steelers fans about the signing. They weren't happy about one of their favorite players going and, and uh, joining the New England Patriots. 
But then later in the week, the reports took a turn. There was a lot of, of uh, reports about how Harrison had requested his release months ago and that he had gone to full length to try and get that request, uh, not showing up to meetings, sleeping through meetings, refusing to be a mentor or a teacher to younger outside linebackers like Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt. So there's a lot that we can get to or cover, a lot of different angles that we could discuss. But just to kick things off, Hunter, what was your initial reaction to the releasing? What was going through your mind last Saturday? Uh, it was mo- mostly just pure surprise. I just I, I didn't really see it coming. And, but then, like, after I thought about it for about five, ten minutes, I was like, okay, so I kind of get it now. Because the guy played, what, 40 snaps this year? He was inactive for basically almost every game. <clears throat> I mean... People are players are competitive. They want to play, so I'm not surprised he wanted out. Um, and then once the, the the players like, I think they really turned because like the media was like basically blaming the Steelers for this entire thing. And then the players were like, uh uh-uh, uh, like we're not we're not the people that like you should be blaming here. And then and that's when you saw Bud Dupree go off on Harrison. Um, Mar- Marquise Pouncey absolutely destroyed him in an interview. I mean, I, I I honestly did lose respect for him after this, but I mean, I'm just I'm kind of surprised, and I'm mostly surprised, of course, because he went to New England after you saw there was some tweets. He hated the Patriots just a few years ago, and he goes to that team. It's, it's just kind of funny to me. Well, I, I think you're going to go and play for whoever will give you playing time, and more importantly, whoever's going to pay you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's only like $59,000, which is his contract for just the rest of the season, I believe. Well, that's all the Patriots have to pay him. The Steelers still have to pay him the rest of the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, Well, Tom, uh, what was your your reaction? And and, um, do you have a theory for why this story has – has taken off this week? Well, I think the only reason why the story has taken off is because you got, uh, you know, this is a rivalry and you have a, a key player, uh, you know, probably, you know, uh, going to be a, a Steelers legend. I don't know if legends is the right word, but, you know, an all-time great Steeler player who was going to be going to the Patriots just in time for the playoffs. And I think that's what's fueling kind of all of this. Um, hey, Harrison isn't the greatest personality to begin with. He never has been his entire career. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't blame him. He's got to take the money. If somebody's going to pay him to play and they, the Patriots are going to pay him to play, you know, I don't blame him for going to England. I'm surprised any Steelers fans would, would, say the same thing uh, if nobody else is putting it out you know how many offers did he get that's the thing how many offers I haven't heard how many offers he got the only offer I heard was New England so you know where else are you going to go but New England uh, yeah. I don't think Bel- I don't think Belichick is doing it just because he thinks he's going to get any special intelligence out of it I don't think there's anything that the Steelers do that Belichick is not aware of uh, or needs help understanding. Uh, if he picked up Harrison, it's because he thinks Harrison can help the team. 
so so I don't see that as being part of the reason why Harrison ended up in New England. But, you know, that's the thing. You know, he comes out, he's not playing, he's sitting on the sidelines, not doing anything. And yeah, he's got some pride. He wants to play. So uh I, I think I, I don't see I don't see where they're placing the blame on Harrison for all this. So you so, so you would you would place more of the blame on the Steelers for the divorce for the divorce? Well, I would say so. I think they could have talked to Harrison more. It doesn't sound like they really talked to him much. And Harrison, I did read, said that when he was active for the New England game but didn't uh, get any snaps, he kind of knew at that point he wasn't going to see the field this year. You know, biggest game of the year, and they don't feel confident enough to put him out there, then he wasn't going to see the field. And, you know, Harrison to play that's the thing that's why he's been asking for his uh his release all year because he wants to get on the field he wants to play he's, he's still has pride in his performance i know he's 39 years old there's only so much he's going to be able to do but yeah he wants to play and i don't blame yeah. him for that no i don't i don't blame him for that either and and that was my initial take as well that uh you know maybe the steelers should have played him a little bit more Maybe they should have defined his role a little bit more, uh, did a better job of fulfilling their promises. It seemed like he was going to be a major part of the team. They didn't sign him to a one-year deal, guys. They signed him to a two-year deal this past offseason. He was going to be yeah. a major part of, of their team going forward. But you know what? I think it's actually uh, hearing what happened, uh, the, the things that came out late in the week and, and just reflecting on it a little bit more, I think it says a lot about the fact that New England needs this guy somebody that's only been able to play 40 snaps for the Steelers where Pittsburgh has outside line up and coming outside linebackers that can do a better job dropping back in covers. The roles have changed a little bit for that position. It's not strictly pass rushing and, and run stopping. There's a lot more coverage involved in Keith Butler's system and James Harrison, whether it's because he was never a good pass, uh, pass defender in coverage. I don't think he really ever was, or if because he's 39 years old, that's just not what he's going to do uh, very well. And that's why I think his playing time has been reduced. Also, the, the emergence of T.J. Watt, a guy that fell in the draft to the Steelers, was a preseason darling. His best game was arguably week one. He's come on probably faster than anybody anticipated and, and cut into Harrison's playing time. Oh, I agree. And, and you know, Harrison, I'm not saying that Harrison is owed playing time. Um, you know, the, the Steelers got to play the best best they have, put them on the field. You can't just you, – you can't make a promise to Harrison, but you could actually sit down and talk to Harrison say, hey, you may not see as many snaps uh, because of the, what's happening here. Uh, if you could impart some of your – you know, maybe take these guys under your wing uh, – you know, th- that I could see a little bit better. No, of course you're not going to give the playing time, guy playing time if he's not the best option you have out there. But, right. you know, you could treat it a little bit better. And, you know, I don't think Harrison's really going to help the, the Patriots a lot, but maybe there's, there's certain uh, situations, certain snub groupings where Belichick thinks that Harrison could be an asset. 
that you know where it just didn't work for the Steelers. Yeah, it's not going to take much for him to be a good signing. Uh, it would only take a couple of pass rushes, successful pass rushes at the end of a playoff game. And to me, that would be a successful signing. Harrison can provide that. But that, to me, that is all that he can provide at this point. If he has to play more than that for New England, and, and New England doesn't play a strict 3-4 like the Steelers do. They play a mixed 4-3, 3-4 system. Harrison played a year in the 4-3 in Cincinnati. Was not good. Was not a successful season for him. Uh, so I, I'm questioning the fit a little bit, but if he's strictly just a pass rusher, yeah, he could be successful. And you guys know what's like funny of all this stuff? Um, it, it, the, the, what he, the people are saying, well, he's just going to give Bill Belichick like all, all the signals. And Marquise Townsend had the best response. That he goes, what's he going to tell them? The line shifts left, the line shifts right. <laughs> that made me crack up for like five minutes. Well, I think it was fun. And and that's the thing, Hunter. You know, there's nothing about the Steelers that Belichick doesn't know anyway. I mean, right. exactly. These two, and there's nothing about the Patriots that Tomlin doesn't know. So right. it, it, this this is not going to be a signing just to gain some intelligence over your opponent. Yeah, yeah. The, this is a need thing. This they need an outside linebacker. I also thought, it was, I think it was Dupree who said this when asked about the intel thing. He said, how much intel can Harrison give them when he was sleeping through meetings? And I think that's a great point, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and and that's, that's on Harrison. But, you know, one problem is, is if, the, if he knows he's not getting snaps, he's not as motivated. Uh, and I'm not going to excuse. There's no excuse for sleeping in a meeting. There's no excuse for being late for meetings. Uh, but and Harrison could have handled this a lot better on his end, as far as uh, you know, making himself worthwhile to the Steelers in other ways. But oh, absolutely, absolutely. Still, I, I, Harrison posted an Instagram uh, a post on on Instagram. He posted a post on Instagram. Uh, yesterday that uh, he said, I didn't sign up to sit the bench. I signed up to play. Well, yeah, I get that. And, and I, I completely agree with your, you know, he's not motivated because he's not getting playing time. But you sign up to help your team win. You think Belichick yeah. thinks you signed up for playing time? No, you signed up to help him win another Super Bowl. And that's the same thing in Pittsburgh. You are supposed to help the team win. And if that is fulfilling a mentor role – helping the younger guys who are playing more, then that is your role in helping the team win. The team is 12-3. and three. What, the, the, what the team is doing defensively is working. They've got the best defense they've had since 2011. So uh, I, I completely agree with you, Tom. It would have been – the Steelers could have handled this better, but it, a lot of this is on Harrison as well. They have 50 sacks this year, Dave. 50 right. without him. Yeah. Right. 50 sacks, that's second best – in the NFL. Uh, before we put a bow on this, we actually have a caller. Uh, you're on the air, caller. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Gary from Delaware. How you doing? Hey, good. doing How great, Gary. Doing good. How are you? <laughs> hey, I, th- good, good. Although, uh, Hunter, I have to say I'm happy I'm inside where it's warm and not freezing where it sounds like you are or going to be. Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to your you guys talking about Harrison, who's been my favorite Steeler for some time. Uh, what's happened is really sad. 
and you guys have covered, I think, all the angles pretty well. But there's one other issue, and that is uh, long-term, whether you call them, I don't know, Hall of Fame Steelers or whatever, uh, there are other examples of Steelers that at the end of their career or near the end of their career parted ways with the Steelers uh, unhappily for one or both sides. Uh, Franco Harris comes to mind. I think, I think there's a bunch of others. Um, when we look back, you know, 10 or 20 years from now, uh, after everybody that's playing today, including T.J. Watt, have long since retired, uh, will this situation uh, tarnish either Steeler fans' attitude toward Harrison or Harrison's attitude toward the team, or will this just be a blip? Like, you know, Franco Harrison being cut, leaving in disgust, playing a few games with Seattle, and flash forward – Everybody's forgotten that Franco's back in Pittsburgh, got his bakery going, whatever he's doing, and you see him around town. Uh, what's your guys' take on the long-term ramifications from a fan standpoint? Uh, you know, considering the longevity he has with the team, the kind of career he has with the team, I don't think there's going to be a long-term damage uh, with uh, Harrison and and finishing out his career in New England. Uh, you know, people seem to have already forgotten that he, he played a season in Cincinnati, too. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I go back to the Bears, uh, 85 Bears, and uh, Steve McMichael, uh, nose tackle, uh, defensive tackle, played his final season in Green Bay, and people were a little bit miffed about that, but nobody – you know, Steve McMichael still looked at as, you know, royalty around town because he was on the 85 Bears. So, you know, it, these kind of – these things tend to settle. I mean, even Brett Favre was under attack in Green Bay because he went and played a couple of seasons for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, but yeah. The wound, but the wound did heal. I mean, these things, you know, it'll heal. It, it's not – this isn't going to be a problem forever. Harrison will come back into the fold. He'll be back in the Steelers family. And, and another another thing about that, Tom, um, I'm sure Dave remembers. Dave, you guys remember when Yarmir Yager went to the Flyers, and that pissed off so many um, <laughs> Penguin fans. And now it, it's basically been amended. Now everyone loves him. Like the team is they it, it, they moved on, and now you know they they honor him and all that stuff. So I think my uncle really hasn't moved on, but but yeah, I think most people have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle will never forgive Yarmir Yager, but I, I agree with you, uh, Tom and Hunter. That I, I, it depends. I would say it depends. Uh, you can't. You can never take away that hundred-yard interception return in the Super Bowl. That will live forever, no matter where he goes. If he gets a sack of Ben Roethlisberger in the two-minute drill at the end of the AFC Championship, eh, it might hurt his legacy a little bit. But I, I would Stop say it. I think this will probably just be a blip. Well, as a, as a guy that really likes Harrison, I, I hope you I hope you guys are right, and I think the example, particularly of Brett Favre, I forgot all about him. Uh, I don't see how you'd be much madder at Brett Favre as, as a Green Bay fan, and if that <laughs> wound is healed, that says a lot. So yeah, people in Wisconsin don't get mad either. That, that was unusual for them. <laughs> well, Packers fans get mad at uh, you know Packers and Vikings is rivalry too. Uh, yeah, the NFC North, everybody hates each other. So, right. you know, yeah. you go play for another team and, you know, it's like if Favre had come down to play for the Bears for a couple of seasons, 
you know, mm-hmm. that, that they would have felt the same way. It's, it's, it's just the way it is in the NFC North. Well, Gary, thanks for the call. We've got a lot of show to get to, so we'll, we're going to roll right along, along here. But thanks for the call. All right. Thanks. Enjoy your show. Keep it up, guys. Thanks a lot, Gary. Okay, we're going to hit a commercial break now here real quick. But coming up next, Hunter went 3-1 and one last week against the spread. He'll try to keep that hot streak yeah. going against the expert. That coming up after this. The stories of two bad boy basset hound puppies. The Stanley and Norman series of children's books are a must read. Based on the real life adventures of the Bassett brothers, Stanley and Norman, each book teaches children a valuable life lesson. The Stanley and Norman book series is for children and dog lovers of all ages. Pick up your copy today from rsplaunchpad.com, Amazon, or Barnes and Noble Nook. Happy reading. Welcome back to WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle. Tom Pollan, Hunter Hodes, I'm Dave Holcomb. Today's show is brought to you by author Marco Zacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcozacchio.com. We still got our special Real Deal or Overreaction segment coming up. But for now, I'm going to hand the mic to Tom. Nostra Thomas predicts. Looking forward to what you guys have for Week 17. All right, Dave. Um... I'm telling you, you know, week 17 is probably just as bad, probably tougher to pick than even week one uh, of an NFL season because you just don't know who's motivated. Uh, who's going to come out and play? Who's packed it in for the year? It, it, it's really hard to, to get a read. Uh, you know some teams are still um, in the running as far as uh, playoff positioning maybe not making the playoffs, but playoff position. So a little bit, you know, it, it's rough to get a read on things, but I have three games. I know Hunter has three games. Hunter, he had a great week last week. I'm not going to deny him that, but, you know, Hunter, you do not graduate to Lord Emperor from BB-8 just from having <laughs> one good week. Um, and say, I, I will give you, you know, I, I could have, graduated you to C-3PO where, you know, kind of babbles a lot but says nothing. But, you know, I didn't do that to you. I would say you have graduated as far as Star, Star Wars characters to more of a Mace Windu where, you know, badass type, but there's still a minor character in the whole grand scheme of things. You know, that's about how it's a, no, no Lord Emperor yet, just because you had one good week. Oh, <laughs> he, he's he's challenging you, Hunter. Let's let's hear your picks. Yep. What if, your I, first if pick? I kick ass? If I kick ass this week, I am Lord Emperor. Let, let's just put that to grass. But um, <clears throat> um, I did great last week. I went three and one. Um, yes, we keep saying that, Hunter. We keep saying it. <laughs> we know. We ah. know. Hunter went three and one. <laughs> I exterminated everyone last week. Um, so to start off, um, <clears throat> sorry, been battling a um, sore throat these past couple of days. Um, I have the Saints minus seven against the Bucks. Um, this is a good pick, I think. The Bucks are bring some for some reason, guys. The Buccaneers are bringing back their coach next year, and uh, doesn't make any sense. They're just a bad team. 
Um, New Orleans needs to win just to win the division. They win, they're in. They win, they get a home playoff game. And um, I just can't see them faltering here to Jameis Winston and the Bucks. Breeze and Kamara are the new dynamic duo. They proved me right last week when I picked them to beat Atlanta. And I'm going to take them again this week. The Bucks have nothing to play for, and the Saints have everything to play for. So take the seven, Saints minus seven over the Bucks. Yeah, Hunter, that's one of the games I'm, I have on my uh, list too. Uh, Saints minus seven. Saints are playing for their postseason positioning, and you can't underestimate that when it comes to uh, comes to a game, especially against a team that's out now. If the news from their cutter hadn't broken this week that he was going to be staying with the Bucks, I would say that this would be a definite because I think the Bucks would be packing it in. The Bucks are going to give them a game, but they're nowhere near able to give the Saints uh, the kind of game that they would need to be able to win. And I don't think they can keep it within the touchdown. So, yeah, definitely one from both Hunter and I. Uh, you got the Saints minus seven against the Bucks. That's going to be our first recommendation. <laughs> Hunter, give us your second game. All right. This may seem weird, guys. I'm going to take the Redskins minus three over the Giants. The Giants, uh, the Giants soap opera continued this week, guys. Um, Eli Apple was suspended, and he was called a cancer by Landon Collins. So uh, that adds to the many list of things that's happened to the New York football Giants this year and all the drama that they've had up in the Big Apple. Um, this may be Eli's last game in New York. Uh, they finally hired their general manager, but the Giants are dreadful. They're banged up. The Redskins, I think, will want to finish 500 to try to get Kirk Cousins back next year as he's, his contract is up yet again. And um, Jay Gruden will also be back. But um, I think the Redskins are a better team here. Um, you can't lose to a 2-13 and th- what is it, 2-13 and 13 Giants team. Um, take the Redskins here. They'll be eight, eight, uh, 500 again for what is the, the fifth straight season now or something, but they can't seem to make the playoffs. So... Uh, <laughs> Take the, uh, take the Redskins here, uh, even though it, it may be, seem like a weird game to pick. Yeah, it's a weird game to pick, and that's the problem. And this is one of the it issues was just hard you get this when you go with all the games. <clears throat> What's that? It was just hard this week to pick the games. Like you said, oh, it's just yeah, so yeah. hard because teams and, are resting. So that's why I stumbled do, on this one. And, and it's tough to do when you get a, uh, a situation where both teams are out. Uh, you're looking mm-hmm. to see what kind of pride both teams have now. And, and I don't think it's a bad pick, Hunter. I, re- I really don't. But don't forget that the Redskins have their own um, uh, soap opera going on in Washington. So <laughs> not necessarily, I, I don't think is necessarily a gimme. And the Giants did announce that uh, they do plan to move forward with the Eli Manning next season. So that's been settled. Oh. Their general manager thing has been settled. Dave Gettleman is now in at general manager. So so this giant situation is kind of calming down a bit. So we're going to see how that affects them in their final game of the season. Uh, a game I would stay away from, but not a bad pick on the surface of it uh, that I would give you, Hunter. I'll take that. Okay. Um. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, for my third pick, guys, uh, take the Chargers minus seven over Oakland. Um, 
I'm hesitant always with the Chargers because chargering occurs almost every week with them. <laughs> they need a win and help to get in. And, guys, these are the kind of games, man. The Chargers just charger. And, um, but I do think they'll win. <laughs> <laughs> Oakland is just awful. Did you guys see that game on Monday Night Football? I almost fell asleep during that game. It was so you know, bad to watch. Because- I didn't bother with it. I really didn't. I, I couldn't. Yeah, you know, I love watching the NFL as many games as possible, and that game was bad. It was just, it was bad. Yeah, I think the weather was part of it, but Nick Foles was playing, and Derek Carr just not had a good season. We could talk about that at a later time. He's hurt. Another problem there is is Crabtree and Amari Cooper really have not had good seasons either. So, yeah. it, 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 you know, there's a lot going on. And the Raiders, Marshawn Lynch did not fix their running game. So, no, he didn't. No, you know, no, they, no. A lot of problems there. Yeah, I think also the guy, Derek Carr is not right. Um, he had, didn't he, break, he broke like three bones in his back. He, he has to be playing hurt because that's not the Derek Carr I saw last year. Not at all. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping he regains his form next year. But, yeah. Um, I think we all got to see what the Eagles look like without Carson Wentz. It's not a Super Bowl winning team. Um, I don't even think they make it out of the divisional round. But um, anyways, <clears throat> Oakland's bad. The Chargers need to win, um, even though it, they're almost like they're playing themselves. They have to win and not collapse. But um, I think they'll at least get the win part down and then play the guy that Jacksonville uh, helps them out and beats Tennessee because Tennessee, all they need to do is win. And then, and guys, we could actually see Jacksonville versus Tennessee next week in Jacksonville for the, the second straight week. That'd be kind of funny. Oh, wouldn't that be exciting? Boy, that's just <laughs> my juices flowing. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, that's, you're right, because, yeah, um, the Chargers, when they chargered last week, they, they put themselves in the position. They need help now. And – yeah, you know, Jacksonville. You're going to be resting players. They've they're they're uh, they're postseason. I actually saw it. They're playing their starters. They said oh, they're are playing they playing their, play their starters? starters? Yeah. All right. They if want, they're think... playing their starters, then I think Tennessee's going to have a real tough time. But I don't think Tennessee has been playing very good football lately. Uh, Marcus Mariota hasn't been very good lately. So this is going to be a rough game for Tennessee to win if Jacksonville's playing their starters. Um. But, yeah, I've, my second game on my pick, and I only got three games this week because I don't think you want to go four. Uh, and you need a minimum of three to get a good payout on the parlay in Vegas. So, but, yeah, my second game, Chargers minus seven against Ho- Oakland. Definitely, you know, the Chargers just need it. And, yeah, there, there's always the chance they're going to charge you this thing. But I think the, the Raiders are, are done. Um, and, and I don't see... I don't see them coming close at uh, say, uh, Los Angeles. God, I keep wanting to say San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, they need to win, and I think they're going to get it, and I think they're going to get it by more than seven. Okay, go ahead. What's next, Hunter? All right, last pick, guys. Um, oh, guys, I really want to pick the Steelers this week. I, I do. Don't I do it. I want to pick them for Dave's sake. I want to pick the Steelers, but I can't. Don't do because it. last time I picked the Steelers, they almost lost to Brett Hundley. And I think early in the year I picked the Steelers, and they lost. I can't. I can't, and I won't. 
Guys, I'm taking San Francisco minus four over the Rams this week. Um, the, really, the reason is um, no Todd Gurley or Jared Goff. Um, Todd Gurley carried my fantasy team this year. Um, great pickup, by the way, first-round pick. Um, Jared Goff was outstanding, but they're resting. They're not playing. Um, Jimmy G is turning into a god before our very eyes. And I'm going to say oh, it right now, guys. Oh, please, 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 don't go that far. Come, come. <laughs> oh, G is turning into a, a good quarterback in this league before our very eyes. And guys, I may say it right now. San Francisco could be a, a bubble playoff team next year if they improve over this offseason. I, I really, I firmly believe that. J- Jimmy G, last week, uh, what did I tell you, Tom? I told you, Jimmy G is the real deal, <laughs> and he lit up those Jacksonville Jaguars putting up 37 points. The other one was a pick six. 37 points on the number one defense in football with Carlos Hyde and a bunch of almost nobodies on that, on that offense. That is absolutely unbelievable. I, I, was just, I was just so happy that they won because they helped out the Steelers too. But, um, and my stepdad was also happy because he's a 49ers <laughs> fan. But um, they have their QB. Um, it's why I'm taking San Francisco. Um, I think this is a good pick because – I still think the Rams about um, the, I, the sum of it, to sum it up. I don't think Todd Gurley without Todd Gurley or Jared Goff, the Rams won't beat for San Francisco. So take San Francisco to win their last five games of the regular season and finish six and ten, and that's it. Hunter, Lord Hunter next week will go Hunter, four now. Okay, Hunter, I <laughs> want you to Google the name Scott Mitchell this week. Who's Scott okay. Mitchell? I want you to Google that name. Um, and now, and, and that's not a bad pick. Actually, fans, if you want a, another pick, if you want a fourth pick to put in with your parlay, I would take San Francisco minus four against the Rams because the Rams aren't playing. They're regulars. They're locked in their position. And San Francisco mm-hmm. has been playing very well, and I think they want to end the season high note. Um, I do think that's a very good game. I think that's a good pick, Hunter. But uh, – my third game, I'm going to take Buffalo minus two and a half at Miami. Uh, Buffalo, another team that needs a win. Miami, a team that is pretty much done. And it, it's going to be funny because if, if Tennessee loses, Buffalo and L.A. wins, Buffalo will end up missing the postseason because of their Nathan Peterman fiasco. <laughs> when they started Peterman against the Chargers. Yeah. Yep. So, so I do think Buffalo has everything they need to win this game, minus two and a half. Still solid on defense. Uh, Miami is rough, and that would be my third game. So, want to win some money this weekend? You will take the Saints seven against the Bucks. Chargers minus seven at home against Oakland. Buffalo minus two and a half at Miami. Nostra Thomas predicts. Well, you know, if I go 4-0 this week, you have to upgrade me to Lord Emperor. Saying it right now. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Uh, who, who's Scott Mitchell? Who is that? Well, you're going to find out him? on Google. You're going to find out oh, on Google. Google him right now. <laughs> do it during the commercial break during the commercial yes uh and the last pick from me my one and only pick if you're 
undefeated in your Survivor League like myself, then uh, I would say take the Vikings if you haven't taken the Vikings yet. They still have the bye to play for, guys. They need to win to lock up the bye. They're playing the Bears at home. I got the Vikings to try and go 17-0. and 0. I think that's a very uh, your good Survivor pick, League is, Your Survivor League is still going? It's, I, a, it's not – it's modified Survivor. It's, a lim, it's, it's called the ESPN Eliminator Challenge. It's Survivor, but oh. you keep playing even if you get a team law, if, if your team loses. You play all 17 <laughs> weeks, and whoever has the most picks right wins. Oh. It's actually really fun. Oh, I just found it. Well, I just – <clears throat> I just found out who Scott Mitchell was. He was a quarterback for about like five teams. So, yeah, but look at his rookie season. A rookie season. <laughs> his first time as a starter. Yeah. I, I, okay. I'll do that during the commercial break. Okay. Yes. We we got to hit a commercial. When we come back, we'll we'll go into Real Deal Overreaction. It's a <laughs> modified Black Monday edition of Real Deal or Overreaction coming up next. WRSP Radio is the radio network you want to listen to. With a variety of shows, from pop culture to sports to science and self-empowerment, you will find the shows you love with us. Broadcast from blogtalkradio.com forward slash WRSP and blogtalkradio.com forward slash WRSP Sports. You can also find us as an Apple iTunes podcast. So what are you waiting for? Take a listen to WRSPRadio.com. Welcome back to WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Subtle with Hunter Hodes, Tom Pollan. I'm Dave Holcomb. Today's show is brought to you by author Marco Zacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. So I'm looking forward to this real deal or overreaction. So am I. Hunter, did you want to weigh in on Scott Mitchell's uh, rookie season? (laughs) What's that? He played two games, no, zero for zero. Zeros, no. It's all a bunch of zeros. No, not his rookie season. His first season where he did some starting. His oh, 1993. Yeah, he's 25, um, 133 for 233. He had 12 touchdowns to eight interceptions, and he only threw for seven, 1,773 yards. Yeah, he made, his, he made himself a multi-year contract out of that. Oh, oh, that's disgusting. Well, that, that was back uh, when... Yards. Yeah, but he uh, it's not... Yards one year, guys. He what? He threw for over 4,300 yards one year with the Lions. He threw 32 touchdowns. That's actually really good. Other than that, he sucked. Yeah. Yeah, but he turned one, one good uh, season-ending stretch into... Uh, into a big multi-year contract, so you know. Yeah, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is about to do the same thing. Yes, Matt he is. Flynn, oh yeah, he's, Matt, he's Matt Flynn TV did that, and he had one good game. He sure remember? did. You're right. Great <laughs> game, Dave. Matt Flynn. Oh my God, Matt. Yeah. Flynn. Matt Flynn. Yeah. Not, so no, San Francisco's gonna pay him, or they'll, or honestly, they could franchise tag him, but they're gonna pay him regardless. Yeah, and you know what? I I I think they should, but. Uh, that's a discussion for another day. We got coaches here on our Real Deal Overreaction segment. Uh, we already have Ben McAdoo out, presumably Marvin Lewis. There have been some back and forth about whether he's actually out. I don't believe any of the reports that are saying that he might stay. I think he is going to be. I do think he's going to be gone. 
Um, so no. let's start well, with the Chicago Lewis Bears. Marvin Lewis already said he's leaving the Bengals for other opportunities. No, he oh, didn't wants to haunt them. Stay forever. <laughs> Did, wasn't there another report that said that uh, that might not be true? Or am I? There was. Not that I've there seen, was. no. Okay. I haven't seen it. All right. So we got, we got McAdoo and Lewis out. Uh, but let's start with the Chicago Bears, John Fox. Uh, I think we've been saying that this guy's got to be out for a long time. Has, has, has anything changed in your mind, Tom, that, that Fox could stay? Oh, yeah. John Fox is out. He is out. <laughs> He's had his three strikes. He has done nothing as the Bears head coach, and he is <laughs> out of there. Wow. So, so we should basically, according to Tom, we should almost send uh, John Fox to the sun and, like, let him burn or something. But, uh, yeah. He's gone. Uh, uh, you, you can't, Hunter, you most can't Chicago fans actually uh, endorsed that strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just send him to the core of the sun. But, yeah, um, he's gone. He'll be uh, gone on Black Monday. Um, I always used to, guys, when Sports Center was actually a good thing, uh, you know, just watch it on Black Monday, and you just see Adam Schefter always on his phone, and just, like, breaking the stuff as he's, like, on air. So, uh Yep, I'll be uh, tuning to Twitter to see who uh, who gets canned and who doesn't. But yeah, John Fox gone. Yeah, I agree. I think it's time for Fox to to go get a, a young offensive mind, or maybe not even a young offensive mind. Maybe a guy like Todd Haley. I hate to, I would hate to see him go. Actually, uh, I know. Well, Hunter, what? They, yeah, they I would hate to see Todd Haley go. I think Todd Haley's going to interview for some jobs this year. I think so good. too. And and, and I. No, Hunter, that would not be good. That would not be good. But uh, we, we must move on. Uh, Hugh Jackson in Cleveland. I'm really conflicted with this one. Uh, Hunter, wh- what do you think about the 1-31 and 31 head coach? 1-31. and 31. So you're assuming that you go 0-16. Oh, Shh, don't jinx it, Dave. Don't jinx it. Um, oh, no, um, I just have bad math. Sorry, 1-30. and 30. Dave, you just jinxed it. You better not send me to a wall. No, no, I'm, I'm not Who good knows? at math. I'm sorry. I, I, made, I made a mistake. One in 30, head coach. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> they already said he's keep. They already said – Jimmy Haslam has already said they're keeping him. But wouldn't that be kind of funny, though? It would be the most Browns thing ever to say, oh, we're keeping him, and then just fire him. <laughs> um he, I don't think he, he hasn't had any talent to work with. I feel awful for him. I feel awful for anyone who takes that job. And they're probably going to take another quarterback in the draft. Um, and I hope they don't because who wants to go to Cleveland to play quarterback? But I'd say he probably should be out, but they're not going to fire him. But I do think he should be gone um, because, yeah, he just hasn't done anything. Uh, I know. A new general manager, when they hired him, John Dorsey said that uh, that Hugh Jackson was safe, that he's going to be back. I, yeah. I don't know how you do that. And and at the time, I think you had to say that because, you know, otherwise you really do have your team packing it in. And it's not like that team has a lot to pack anyway. I mean, I think they could get away <laughs> with, uh, with a carry on like, if they really needed to pack it in. Yeah, I, I I don't see how you keep him. I don't see how you can. You, you've got to start fresh. You've got a general manager who actually knows what he's doing, and I think you have to start fresh on the field with the coaching staff. You keep him because you're the Browns. That's what they do. No, the Browns typically fire their their coaches. It would be a, a, a 
a brown. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, they, I agree with you, Hunter, that they, he hasn't had much to work with. But I, I went back and watched some of the Browns games this week to study for the Steelers. I'm not going to say they're not a bad team. They are. But the worst thing that the, the worst attribute they have is, is the giveaways. They have 39 giveaways. That's eight more than anybody else in the league. And most of that is Deshaun Kaiser. Kaiser's thrown 21 interceptions and lost a lot of fumbles as well. Um, so I think if they find a quarterback, they could be maybe a club that goes 500 or so. If they had Josh McCown this year instead of last year, I think they would have won some games. But I think the reason why I'm thinking maybe Jackson is out is because he is the quarterback coach. He is the signal caller. He is the guy in charge of developing Kaiser, and he has done an awful job of that this year. Awful. Kaiser is terrible. Oh, yeah. Well, there's nothing, nothing to say that Kaiser would have been anything to begin with. Well, and, and that's why I'm conflicted. Do we blame Jackson for not developing Kaiser? Is Kaiser that bad that he's undevelopable? Or is it or has Jackson done a poor job of developing him? Uh, that that's the question. I don't know. And yeah. I, I did not think highly of Deshaun Kaiser coming out of uh I I think he came out a year early and he should not have. <clears throat> and I think that's hurt him. I don't think he was ready. So I think that plays a lot into it too. I just don't think he was a very good quarterback prospect uh, coming into the season. Now yeah. the one, uh, yeah. the, the one saving grace is the Browns spent a second round pick on him. So you're not necessarily saying that you wasted a pick because this was not your first round pick. Of course, if, if they kept their first round pick and, and taken this, you know, Watson, like yeah. I even think the Bears should have, um, that that would be one thing. But you know, you can go back into the pool and take another quarterback this year, and I don't think you're hurting, especially since they have a first and fifth uh, draft pick. Right, right, and I, 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 I agree with you that you know it was kind of a flyer in the second round. If there is such a thing, they took a flyer on Cody Kessler in the in the third round the year before, and that strategy is not working either. <laughs> Taking a flyer on a quarterback in the second or third round, not working either. The Browns don't want to be that team that reaches for a quarterback, so they've tried to find one, a sleeper, and that's that's not working either. No, that doesn't work yeah. for anyone. It rarely <laughs> and then works. And then they'll try to draft a top QB as the number one overall pick, but I don't think any of these quarterbacks want to go there, especially Josh Rosen. Well, we'll see what happens with Cleveland. I think that is one of the more interesting uh, potential coaching changes uh, coming up in two days. Here's another tough one. Uh, Chuck Pagano has been rumored to be out for a while in Indianapolis. Is it finally time for him to go? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you guys saw the video I sent to you guys about his, his press conference, right? Did you guys watch that? I wasn't able to watch it. I'm sorry, Hunter. Oh, uh, it's okay. Um, Dave, did you watch it? And did you I did. No, sorry. People, yeah, I think he basically accepts his fate that um he uh he's getting can't uh th- that team he did a real they did a really poor job this year. They're not good. Um, even with Andrew Luck, they they've really underachieved, and I do think Andrew Luck will be back next year. Um, it sounds like he's starting to throw again, which is great news, but. 
you got to make a change. Um, get someone in there that can help out poor Andrew Luck and stop wasting his career, um, especially when he comes back. So, uh, yeah, um, the team was just awful this year. Um, yeah, he, he deserves to go. Uh, I think it's it's tough for a team to win when you don't have your top quarterback. Uh, so um, you got a strike on Pagano that way. I don't know if all of this is Pagano's fault. He's going to end up paying for it because I do think he's going to be out. But you also have to look at the fact that uh, uh, Indianapolis's general manager has tied up a lot of their cap money into uh, into uh, Andrew Luck, and they really don't have a lot of supporting players uh, yeah. to work with. Right, right. But there is a situation there where they hired their GM last year, and it was not. They fired their GM and then and then hired a new one, and that guy did not hire Pagano. So it could be a case where uh, this year didn't yeah. go well. Maybe he wants to hire his own guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would uh, say so. Yeah, I would say so. Okay, let's get a little bit more difficult with some of these names, but let's try to go faster so we can get some NHL in. We got five minutes about left in the show. Bruce Arians in Arizona, there were reports that he was going to part ways with the Cardinals, but Arians has come forward, made a Donald Trump joke, and said that was fake news. So Arians <laughs> in or out in Arizona. Man, that that's a good one. Um, oh, man. Uh, I'd probably say he's going to stay. Um, he very well could retire, but. Um, he's still a good offensive coordinator, even though I was not a big fan of him at the end, at the end of his Steelers tenure when he started just doing dumb stuff. But he's still a good offensive coordinator by my by all means, and I think he's going to stay. I think he should stay. He's had no quarterback yeah. to work with this year. I think, and you know, his running back went down the first week of the season. Yeah, and I, I really do think that. Uh, Arians is still one of the best coaches in the game, and I think the Cardinals would be foolish if they did uh, release him. And I think Arians doesn't want to stay, and but that might not happen. I do think I think I think Arians is the real deal as a coach, though. So I would get rid of him if I were the Cardinals. You would get rid of him. I would not. Oh, would not, would not. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't get rid of him either. I think he's a great coach. Um, just a couple tough seasons here in the in the last two years. But uh, okay, we, let's let's do one last interesting question. I'm going to grab three other names that could be on the chopping block. Tell me which guy is more likely, the most likely, to get fired: Jim Caldwell in Detroit, Jack Del Rio in Oakland, Bill O'Brien in Houston. All three guys have taken that their teams to the playoffs, but are not going to the playoffs this year, and have, and have been rumored to be on their way out, possibly. Um, Jim Caldwell, by far. Um, Bill, poor Bill O'Brien had Deshaun Watson lost for the year. Um, I firmly do believe that Deshaun Watson um, was healthy, um, they'd be a borderline playoff team. They could finish the as a wild card. Um, poor. Um, and then you got Jack Del Rio. I mean, Derek Carr broke three bones in his back. Um, but what do you do with that? <clears throat> he was playing, I think, hurt basically almost the entire season. Um, Jim Caldwell, he had an embarrassing loss last week to uh, the, the Bengals. Um, a team that really had nothing to play for, banged up, 
Um, what do you you got to play for Marvin Lewis's last couple games in Cincinnati before he's canned? Um, that's a pretty ugly loss, and I'm not sure if Martha Ford is going to keep him. Um, I'm really not. Um, he um, he made the playoffs last year, but th- this was kind of below expectations. I, I actually think he's going to get canned. I really do. Yeah, I would have to say that among the names you just gave us, Dave, O'Brien, actually, he has no business losing his job in Houston. If he does lose his job in Houston, I hope (laughs) the Bears jump all over him. Um, But Jim Caldwell, I have never been a fan of his as a head coach. Uh, And I think he's got to shoulder some of the responsibility, especially since the Lions just gave Matthew Stafford such a big contract. Uh, to be their quarterback, and Caldwell's done nothing with him all year. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would agree. I think Caldwell's definitely more, more likely, most likely of those three. I can't believe Jack Del Rio is being mentioned among guys being fired. Do we remember what Oakland was before he got there, and he took them yeah. to the playoffs last year? Uh, yeah, it hasn't been a good season for Oakland at all. Mm-hmm. Definitely did not live up to expectations, but I think they overachieved last year and they're still trending in the right direction. How can you fire Jack Del Rio? Oh, I don't think you can. I don't think you can really justify it unless you're just saying that we're in, pu- we're in panic mode. <laughs> uh, if you want to do that, yeah, that's fine. Then you fire him. But, uh, I, you know, he, he did a great job with the team last year and I think you you know, two years, you, you've got to keep him around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that report on Jack Del Rio possibly being out came from Sports Illustrated. They reported that uh, Mark Davis is intrigued with John Gruden, which I just can't believe people are still thinking about hiring John Gruden. I, I don't know if there's really any uh, fire where, where that smoke seems to be in the media, but uh, I, I just would not hire uh, oh. the – John Gruden as, as my head. Once these coaches get into the broadcast booth, they never come out. Right. <laughs> you know, once they find out what a cushy gig being in that broadcast booth is compared to being a head coach, you never get them out of there. Right. Gruden isn't right. going anywhere. Wow. And he gets paid more on ESPN than he could ever make as a coach. He gets paid like yeah. $10 million. To do 17, no. 20 football games announcing. With, there's no way he's going to want to coach. No, there's no way. Yeah. Um, so we're just about out of time here on today's episode. Today's show was brought to you by author Marco Zacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. And remember, we want you to join in on the conversation during the week. Follow us on Twitter at WKD Sports Huddle. Give us a like on Facebook. Search Weekend Sports Huddle. Join the conversation there. Give us a topic to discuss next week. Unfortunately, we're out of time, and we're not going to be able to discuss much with the NHL, but I'm sure with the NFL season ending, we will get into more NHL talk in uh, future weeks, hopefully next week. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks did win last night in overtime, but they remain in sixth place in the Central. They are two points out of the final playoff spot in the West. And Corey Crawford is dealing with a, I believe, upper body injury. Upper, uh, yeah, upper body injury, which means anything from a chronic hangnail to a severed spine. So you just don't know <laughs> yeah. how he's going to be out. Yeah. Hell yeah. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are having similar problems. They lost again last night. They can't find any scoring, which is just incredible to say about a team with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. 
Uh, but they are but Dave, three points out of the final playoff spot in the East. But, Dave, they just called up Daniel Strong about an hour ago. I just wanted to tell you. Yeah, we'll see. I guess the young guys have helped the Penguins uh, get on track the last few years, so they're going to count on something similar this season. We'll see what the season debut brings for Daniel Sprong. We're out of time here on Weekend Sports Subtle. Thanks for joining us. Listen next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Saturday morning.